0: What's the most important ingredient for a truly engaging podcast? The equipment? Well, that helps for sound quality, but not so much on engagement. The subject matter? Not so much because that's, well, subjective. Uh, I propose that it's the interviewer. You know, the interviewer is the one who sets the tone and guides the conversation. They dig into the good stuff that no one else has heard before and can make a lackluster interviewee into a star. But what makes for a great interviewer? Is it something you're born with? Something in your personality? Can you learn to be a great interviewer? Could you be the next Oprah or maybe Tim Ferriss? Or are you doomed to live with the aspirations limited by talents that you just don't possess? Well, I'm here to tell you that there's hope, but it's going to take some work. I'm Lindsay Chepkema. CEO and co-founder of Casted, the first and only podcasting platform made specifically for B2B marketers. And this is our podcast. Sam Jacobs is the host of the Sales Hacker Podcast. With well over 30,000 downloads and counting, the Sales Hacker Podcast has earned quite a following among salespeople. And while the show has seen a lot of success, Sam will tell you that it's been the result of a lot of work. First, they leveraged the sales hacker community. But second, Sam will tell you that he works hard to be a great interviewer. And thanks to his sage wisdom shared on this show, you can work on honing your interviewing skills too.
1: Uh, Sam Jacobs, I'm the founder of Revenue Collective which is a private membership for high-growth operators all over the world, people in revenue leadership positions. And I'm also the host of the Sales Hacker podcast.
0: Sam, thank you so much for being here. And I want to hear the story behind the mic, so to speak. So how in the world – I mean, Sales Hacker is such a is such a big show. Um, how did it get started?
1: <laughs> well um, – I wish I could say it was my idea, but it wasn't. It was Max Altshuler. So Max Altshuler is the founder of Sales Hacker and um, just a friend and a, and an entrepreneur and a business person. And they were creating all of this written content. And he reached out to me, and I don't know, I don't know why he chose me besides our friendship and besides the fact that we've known each other a while, but. I am the founder of this community and I moderate dinners and sort of other events all the time. So maybe it has something to do with that. Maybe it has something to do with sort of the quality of the insights that I was sharing in other forums. But he reached out to me uh, about, it was sort of December of 2017 and he said, would you want to be the host of the sales hacker podcast? And of course I said, yes. And so, uh, so that was the origin of it was that we sort of debated the format for a little while, we wanted to make sure that it was interesting and real and authentic, which, which I thought we could make it. And we started, we started sort of putting the supply chain together of how to produce the show, how to make the show. And we launched, I think in March. Um, and we originally, you know, I was the first show that I recorded. I was actually in London on a zoom with, um, with a friend of mine, Kiva Colstein who's the chief revenue officer at a company called Alpha Sense. And, you know, we were recording it across the Atlantic and uh, we've been off to the races from there.
0: That's that's really cool. So, how did you take idea into production? How did that? What did that look like? Where did you start?
1: Well, you know, the the, the thing that's obviously most important from my perspective was that, or the biggest uh, unfair advantage that I had as a host was that Sales Hacker had a built-in audience already. And so, you know, if uh, it's sort of like that Ferris Bueller line, you know, it's if you can. If you have the means, I highly encourage it, which is sales hacker already had a a distribution, an email distribution list of 100,000 people. And all of the production work that you can do or want to do is useful, but it's obviously a lot more useful if you have a megaphone or a speaker that can enhance whatever it is, whatever the message is that you're saying. So there's a couple different parts to to how we sort of do it. But the first is, and I don't, you know, I know uh, there's folks out there like Harry Stebbings and People talk about the hours and hours of preparation I, uh, that go into every interview. Uh, I don't I do not do hours and hours of preparation, to be completely honest. And I think if you're a reasonable listener and interested in other people, I'd, I'm not sure that you need hours and hours. But at any rate, you do need some kind of supply chain. So you need... Uh, the, there's a lot of things that I don't do. You know, we, we put together, A, the guest list. We started reaching out to people and inviting them to be on the show. We then created... Um, Google Docs, as you've done, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's the standard questions that we ask. Here's background on the show. I then looped in my assistant who helps me on my regular business to create the one-pagers and, and, and ensure that we create the links for, um, for, the, for the recording software that we use. We use Zencaster uh, mm-hmm. currently. And, uh, and, uh, and just you know, create the links, uh, create a Google Drive folder. There's a production team that helps take take in the audio in rough form and then put it into, uh, you know, a show. We figured out what are the segments that need to be recorded. You know, a couple of things that, that we do that are um, that make it easier. You know, we do everything in one take. Uh, I was on the uh, I, I recorded a show yesterday with the uh, VP of Sales of a public company, and he said, "I, I assume this is highly edited." and i said no it's not it's not highly edited at all my friend edit it,
0: edit yourself as you speak <laughs> yeah
1: exactly it's 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 edited in the sense that if you you know accidentally reveal uh, material non public information on this which i don't know why you would but if you do then you know yes we can we can have that edited but this is not like uh, Reply All or some kind of, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, media thing where we're we're putting, you know, or the daily, we're putting hours and hours of production into the sound design and all of that. Mm -hmm. Really just trying to create the, the, the quality is in the engagement with the interviewer and with listening so that you can ask interesting questions and sort of get something interesting out of them
0: hmm Yeah. And so tell me more about that. I mean, cause you, yes, you already had a community, but how did you transition yourself in a way that, that is pulling out those great interviews? I mean, was that, that was it just supernaturally to you and then you've grown over time or was that something you had to work at? What did, what did that look like you as podcast host?
1: Well, um, I mean, the honest truth is that, uh, I, you know, I was DJ in college, uh, for college radio. I host a lot of events. I'm a reasonably good, and I'm not saying this because I think I'm great at everything. There's a lot of things I'm terrible at, but this was one particular thing that I knew I would be good at, and so um, it didn't take a lot. It took my, I mean, I have a perspective and a point of view, and my perspective and point of view is that in any type of these interactions, I'm trying as much as possible to probe below the generic surface and get at something interesting. I think the other part of it is that my specific background and expertise, which is in building companies and being, you know, a sales or revenue leader, uh, lens gives me a credibility, and a, and then B, um, helps me helps me provide and ask much more specific questions and much more tactical questions. Because again, like what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to think about it from the perspective of the listener. I go to so many conferences, I listen to so many people speak, and it's just you know, useless bullshit most of the time. It's just so generic that it really, you know, you can nod sagely and act like, you know, you're listening, you're hearing, you know, something super insightful, but it's often not very insightful. So I'm trying to uncover the specific details. The reason that I can do that is probably because I come from the industry of the people that I'm interviewing. So I know the jargon, I know the vernacular, and I also understand their job. That, if if I did not have any of that, I think it would be much more difficult.
0: Absolutely. So you had obviously the background, which who knew that being a DJ in college would serve you so well later on, right? You just never know as you're as you're going through life what's going to come back around. Uh, and then also having a show that's so much in your wheelhouse, which I think seems like a given, but I think quite often it's like, hey, what could we do that's different? What could we do? You know, obviously this person needs to be our host, but are they the best person to? Be that host and to add, to really know that subject matter expertise, and I think that that's something that's really worth exploring before you start a show too.
1: Yeah, I I, I, I mean I think there's certain forums or venues where I just feel a again I mean it just relates to my own I, I have confidence in a few areas and but one of them is my knowledge of you know startups and how revenue organizations work and how they need to be built and that gives me credibility and then I also I'm just trying there's a there's a, a balance because I don't I don't want to create any kind of adversarial relationship with any of the people that I'm interviewing or not conflict but but I do want it to be interesting and um, and, and I'm also trying to balance my own authenticity and trying to bring some elements of just me as a person into it without without making it you know about a diary making it strange or super emotional or anything like that but but trying to bring myself to all of these interviews so that you know my humor my sense of uh, my, my perspective on life is, is sort of dripped in there so that it's not, again, that's why, you know, sometimes people are, you know, they, they look at the questions on the Google Doc and they say, you know, well, can we ask other questions? And, and honestly, most of the time, I don't even look at the Google Doc or I look at it sort of a, a little bit, but, but mostly I'm really just trying to listen. I'm trying to listen to what they're saying and then react to what they're saying and make it be an actual conversation. And in that case, we're going way off script all the time.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that's the good stuff. I mean, that's actively what you and I are doing right now. (laughs) There's a fine balance between preparing your guest and saying, Hey, we're going to talk about X, Y, and Z. This is kind of where your head should be before you hop on, hop into the interview, but also we're going to actually have a conversation and go where it takes us so that it's interesting. And I'm not saying, okay, that was a great answer. How about question number three? Right. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: The worst is, I mean, the the biggest challenge within the context of these, first of all, if you're doing, um, you know, I'm super, uh, I obviously, you know, I run a business, this revenue collective business, which is focused on supporting and enabling revenue leaders, most of who, you know, many of whom are people that I interview. But I I think there's probably two like big challenges. And one, one, this is an existential challenge, which is if you're doing a podcast on roughly the same topic, and you're interviewing roughly the same kind of person, uh, every single week, you have to find the interesting thing for yourself because, because as much as I love sales and marketing, you know, I have a lot of other interests in life and coming back to the same topic over and over again, can, can, it's not that it's grueling in any kind of, you know, physical sense, but you got to find ways to maintain the interest level for yourself. Second thing is sometimes you just get hosts that, that they're just not giving, uh, what you need. You know, they're I mean, I'm not host guests. They're they're just not they're not first of all, they don't realize that, you know, the point of the interview is for them to speak, not for you to speak. So (laughs) they have like short, you know, sometimes curt monosyllabic answers to to questions and I and I find myself having to continue to probe and prod.
0: Tell me more.
1: Yeah, exactly. And
0: let's dig into that further.
1: (laughs) Exactly. It can get a little awkward. So you know, I mean there's rough patches, but but I'm always surprised sometimes that people that I think are absurd that I personally didn't enjoy the interview. And then I get feedback from the audience that, you know, these are the ones that they really like. So I, I can't always tell, I think I can tell. Um, but you know, it's about, it's about trying to stay in the moment and, and trying to listen and, and trying to extract something interesting, uh, you know, over the course of the interview.
0: Let's go back uh, a little bit, um, again, to the formation of the show and, and you you had this unfair advantage of you already had a community. So I'm interested in what, what did launch look like? How many, did you have a ton of shows or a ton of uh, interviews recorded before you launched um, was launch What you thought it would be. How, how did that all work?
1: It worked, you know, again, like a lot of it to the, to, to Max's credit and, and honestly to the team, um, Colin Campbell, uh, we, we work with a production company called Sweetfish media so a lot of the work, so A, yes, we had a bunch of shows in the can, you know, already recorded. Uh, B, uh, we, you know, we, we, we were always focused on figuring out what is, again, I use this word a few times now, but, or phrase, but supply chain, like, how do you, how do you make it, how do you create a process? Max is obsessed about, you know, scalability, repeatability. This is what he focuses on. How do you, you know, he wrote, uh, uh, so hacking sales and he, you know, his whole his whole perspective on life is hacking as a, as a, as a metaphor for finding efficient mechanisms to reproduce interesting and authentic, you know, content and communications and interactions and businesses. Mm -hmm. So we were always focused on where's the repeatability, what are the things, what are the, and that's why, you know, at the beginning of every show, I ask about the baseball card, which is the person's profile as you did for me, Lindsay. Mm -hmm. Then we go into the interview we have, the, we have a segment at the end of the show. So we, we structured, A, the segments. Uh, we made sure that, you know, we had the same music. Um, the funny thing is, you know, the music is my music because I was in a band for many years. No way. <laughs> so that's they,
0: awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, I try, you know, my perspective is no conflict, no interest. I always want to create conflicts of interest wherever I go so that I can, so, you know, we layer in, you know, the music that I had as a subtle way of promoting it and getting another third of a cent from Spotify. But oh, that's um, so
0: fun. I love that.
1: Uh, yeah. So, the, I mean, the launch went, went pretty well, you know, the thing. So we, I think we had, I don't know, uh, 4,000 downloads for that month and maybe, I mean, we didn't, I didn't know what to expect at this point. Yeah. We're doing 31,000 downloads a month, which I think is, you know, pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, I obviously would hope that, you know, wanted to continue to grow. But what we saw, which is again, this is not rocket science, is that we would release the show on a Tuesday, downloads would spike on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I said I really love that spike when I look at the graph in Libsyn, which is you know the analytics platform that we use and the distribution platform that we use. So um, how do we get more spikes? And that's why we started doing a show on Tuesday. I also, you know, I'm always nervous about just the format of making it too long. You know, my my Tuesday interviews have historically been like 40 to 45 minutes. And so I wanted to create something much, much shorter. And so on Tuesday, we do um, the main interview. And then in that same recording session, we press stop. And then we record a five-minute to 10-minute snippet that we call Friday Fundamentals. And we put that out on Friday's. And that's a way of, A, getting another spike, and B, presenting another format to the listeners that is much more digestible and highly tactical. And it's also a way of creating for the guest. You know, they're the guest for the week as opposed to the guest for just one show. But, you know, it started at 4,000, and, you know, it's not about the one episode. It's about making sure that you do it every single day, week, you know, period, and that you have really very reasonable expectations And it'll pay dividends over 12 months and 24 months and 36 months, not necessarily over, you know, one or two weeks. And I I don't think anybody should expect anything special over, um, you know, over like the first time that they launch. I think like with any, anything, um, you know, the people's uh, sort of differentiated expertise in the modern world is not about having one interesting idea, but it's about the ability to consistently have interesting ideas because one interesting idea you can't hold back your best insight for the day that you think you're going to be the most popular. What you have to be able to do is consistently produce interesting insights.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's so important. That is so important. And having authentic conversations as the core, uh, and in some cases, as the full—not uh, only the foundation, but as your marketing strategy—that's um, how it should be, right? I mean, going and having and talking with people that where other people want to listen into those conversations, right? And then sharing those conversations and using that as, as the centerpiece. That's, that's how it works. And when you do it right, as you have, it changes everything because people want to listen into those conversations. They want to be a part of what you're doing and they reach beyond their, their speakers to be a part of what you're doing. First they want to listen in and then they, they want to be a part of it. Um, so that's, that's incredible. That's exactly how it should work.
1: Yeah, I think, um, again like my point about the download number isn't isn't to continue to like brag or anything like that it's more that the numbers are uh somewhat abstract but the things that are not abstract are like the message that you start to get and it, you only need to get a few of them even if it, it, even if it doesn't need to be a hundred for people to write to you and say hey i i mean these are real i uh i got a message from somebody i moved from yeah detroit to austin texas to take a sales job, and the entire time I listen to the Sales hacker podcast, and you know, where I listen to you every morning when I'm working out uh, at the gym, and you realize that the ability to be in somebody's head, which is when they put their headphones on, that's where you are, uh, is incredibly intimate, incredibly personal. It's a real privilege it's really cool just to just, just think about this idea that you're sharing this time with people and like really specific personal moments that they have throughout their lives. and And again, if you're I mean, listen, if you're a, a some kind of B2B software company where you have any kind of meaningful uh, you know, average uh, contract value, you don't really need a million people to listen. You need a few of the right people to listen. And if those people convert into customers and you have a good product and with good lifetime value, the act of producing the podcast alone can be super transformative.
0: 100%. I mean, it's just like your website. Like if you have a million of the wrong people or a hundred of the right people, you know, you choose, right? Same thing with your podcast. I mean, if you're only looking at downloads, um, that could be misleading because you could have lots of people listening or lots of people subscribing. And so that counts towards your audience. But if they're not really reaching beyond that and engaging with you, then what difference is it really making?
1: Yeah. I mean, you do need, you know, whether it's you or me or somebody that the host or you do need something interesting to say because people have a tremendous number of options when it comes to you know what they're listening to what they're reading all of that stuff so there needs to be a reason and, and uh, some kind of you know mission or, or some some kind of reason for existence why do you exist why are you doing this besides just promoting and obviously i don't think like promoting your own business or promoting your own brand is uh, I, is interesting enough. It has to speak to issues and challenges that the people out there in the world are facing, and, and then hopefully have a unique perspective on it.
0: What are some of your big takeaways for people who are listening right now, who either are on the brink of starting a podcast, or kicking around the idea, or maybe they already have one? What are what, what's the advice that you would share?
1: Well, you know, the, the one thing, um, what, what, what advice would I would share? First of all. Just be very intentional about like disaggregating the components of production, so that you can try to make them repeatable. Because doing one podcast really is not useful. Doing one, doing anything one time is not useful. It's really about your ability to demonstrate you can do it consistently and show up every day. And expect that it's going to be a, a two to three year. You know, maybe I'm being a little conservative, but expect that it's going to take some time to start seeing the results that you seek. That's. Thing number one, and then thing number two, which we haven't really talked about because you know I mentioned I plugged into Sales Hacker already, but is you know you you have to be thinking about what's your promotion strategy and how are you going to get it out there, and um, never I think one of the things that we didn't do well enough that we still probably don't do well enough that we need to do is we need to um, we need to push the guests on the show to to promote. Themselves, you know, we have uh, a limited source of new audience. You know, we have uh, the, the listeners, our current listeners. We have the listeners on our show that are telling other people, and then we have the guests on our show that are telling their audience and their communities about their participation in the podcast. And we really need to make it easy for them to share and easy for them to uh, to tell uh, the rest of the world about um, about the fact that they were a guest, and uh, and we need to. But that all starts with just simply making sure that they will do it and that you ask them to do that explicitly and directly uh, when they are a guest. I guess the last thing one other thing I would just say if you're a marketer out there thinking about starting a podcast and this is this comes from you know a marketing breakfast uh, that that I was at recently, but using the act of being a guest on the podcast as part of an account based marketing strategy to your customers and bringing in if you're targeting uh, you know. Lessonly, to use the, the, an Indianapolis example, and bringing Max Yoder on the show uh, because you want Lessonly to be a customer of yours, it's a very useful ABM strategy. So it's not just about you know, getting lots and lots of people to listen. It's about providing thought leadership opportunities to your target accounts and bringing them onto the show as a way of establishing some kind of executive relationship with them.
0: mm mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it all could, could fall under the big umbrella of be strategic, right? Think long-term, make sure you have processes, make sure that you are thinking with the end in mind and how you're going to promote this thing and how you're going to be strategic about the guests that you bring on um, in a way that's relevant to your audience, but also to your business.
1: Absolutely. Listen, the, the one thing I should make, like, Abundantly and eminently clear, and, and I and and I'm so grateful to Max for the opportunity. The podcast is actually one of the things that basically changed my life, and um, and even at just thirty one thousand downloads, which again, like for some people, it's a lot, but for the most famous people or the best podcasters, it's really just a drop in the bucket. But what it did was it gave me reach a global reach in a way that I really didn't have otherwise, in a very authentic way because it was my voice, and so I started talking about Revenue Collective on the podcast. And thank God, you know, when I talked about my band when I was a college DJ, I got fired from the college radio station in UVA. But uh, when I talk about Revenue Collective on the Sales sector podcast, Max lets me do it. Um, so it's kind of free advertising. And that's the thing. Revenue Collective was just a community in New York only. We're in almost every city in the world now, including Indianapolis. And, um, and that came from the podcast because the first person that reached the, the the our second biggest chapter is London. The way that that got started was the founder of the London chapter, Tom Glasson, reached out to me after he heard me talk about Revenue Collective on the Sales Hacker podcast. So the, the podcast itself is this massive distribution channel, and and the only real marketing that we do for the business that I run on a daily basis, which is still tiny but growing. So you know that's in terms of like how has podcasting helped me it's <laughs> i mean it's 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 created a very unique authentic and and really interesting marketing vehicle and distribution channel for my voice related to my company which has been a key part of helping us grow over the last 12 months
0: that's it for today's show. Thank you so much to today's guest and to learn more about them and see Casted in action with clips of today's show and related content, visit casted.us. Thanks so much for listening.